lawyers speak in two different languages they speak in the legal jargon sense and then in the normal sense so being able to switch between the two is really important and i think law firms recognize that they can kind of teach you the law but they can't teach you to be the type of person they'd want to hire so i think that don't necessarily worry um, about you know not knowing the law hello everyone and welcome to the student lawyer podcast series whether you're at school sick form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the student lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This podcast is brought to you by Feed Ignite. Welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. My name's Camilla and I'm an LPC student and future trainee solicitor. In today's episode, we're lucky to be joined by Matthew Berwick. Matthew is a future trainee solicitor at Pints and Masons. He's also founder of the Legal Lineup and Global Tech Loop platforms. He's author of a book called Legal Insider, which has ranked at number one on Amazon's bestseller list for Law for the Layperson, and has also ranked in the top 20 for legal education. So um, without further ado, let's um, hand over to Matt. Welcome to The Student Lawyer, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Oh yeah, cheers for having me. Cheers for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Us too. Okay, so let's get straight into the questions. When did you decide that you wanted to become a solicitor and what attracted you to the world of law? Sure, yeah. So um, as like a non-law student myself who's currently studying the GDL, uh, I've had a variety of both legal and non-legal experiences. So my interest in law started from about the age of 15 when I went to go work in Crown Court court for a QC. Um, I was also very interested in politics and, and I worked on a mayoral campaign, leafleting and worked for an MP in the House of Commons. Um, I also was selected for the NATO uh, negotiation exercise at the Foreign and Commonwealth Office um, wow. and yeah I interned in a variety of different commercial law firms as well and then went to go work in in Washington DC for a non-profit and then the United States Congress and the White and went over to the White House and, and did an internship in San Francisco at a law firm as well um, as a bunch of other stuff like working for the Royal Mail and things like that um, and then I was I became particularly interested in technology writing my dissertation on blockchain um, and the potential for criminals and terrorists to manipulate the technology for money laundering um, and then I took a course on in AI at Oxford Uni um, and so that that's where my interest sort of came from um, and then I created the the legal lineup um, which I'm happy to talk about now or, or I could talk about a bit later um, depending on whatever you prefer. Sure yeah um, no I mean they sound like really great experiences and so would you say that you sort of knew that you wanted to become a solicitor from doing that work experience um, a few years ago and um, what, did you decide to study politics with the intention of going into law or was it something that you sort of um, decided like along the way? I'd say I'd say I knew I wanted to do law I, I, I wouldn't say I knew I wanted to be a barrister or a solicitor and within that I didn't know if I wanted to be a corporate lawyer or or that kind of stuff. So I was knew I was interested in law from a young age, but I didn't really know why um, necessarily. But I went on that journey. I studied business A levels, so I became quite like interested in the business world and that kind of yeah. stuff. Well, I suppose it's all interconnected anyway. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
um, when you when it came to um, applying for training contracts and, and getting your offer at Pins and Masons, what, what was your journey like? Was it um, was it smooth? Was it a bit sort of bumpy along the way? I yeah, well, I think experience. I um I got a shed load of rejections um in my first application cycle um because I didn't really know didn't really know what I was doing and I didn't really know where I was applying to be honest right and and even in the second one I got a lot of a lot of rejections and so I found it quite tough because I thought oh I've got loads of different experiences legal and non-legal like why why am I not getting there because I, I felt like I was a qualified candidate kind of thing um but then eventually, you know, you, you, you pick up on your weaknesses, whether it's, you know, the type of testing and, and practicing those and the type of tests like Watson Glazer, psychometric, diagrammatic, all the different kinds of tests for different kind of firms um, and, and improve in that sense. Um, or you improve in your writing style um, and become more concise with it. And, and that's that's how I overcame those kind of challenges. Excellent. Um, and I just want to pick up on the fact that you're, you know, sort of rewind to the fact that you're a, a non-law student. Did you find that um, there were any challenges that you needed to overcome specifically because you're a non-law applicant? I mean, I know that firms uh, generally tend to hire from uh, both law and non-law backgrounds in sort of equal measures, but I just wonder from a practical point whether you found any challenges and how you overcame those? I'd, I'd say mainly the imposter syndrome of, of thinking that, you know, I don't know all this legal terminology and jargon. How am I going to, you know, fit in? Yeah. Have any that, anything to justify why I'm there, like law students necessarily. But to be honest, like lawyers speak in two different languages. They speak in the legal jargon sense and then in the normal sense. So being able to switch between the two is really important. And I think law firms recognize that they can kind of teach you the law, but they can't teach you to be the type of person they'd want to hire so I think that don't necessarily worry um about you know not knowing the law um and that was something that took me a while to understand um that you know I, I don't necessarily have have everything that I would think they would want but it's not necessarily what they think and a lot of the non-legal experiences that I had were quite transferable and quite useful um in a legal environment so a lot of the work experiences I had at law firms um weren't actually that useful because they weren't that high level stuff. It was more just like, you know, low level stuff because I wasn't a lawyer, so they couldn't give me top stuff. So um, the non the non legal experiences where I had greater position, greater higher positions of responsibility, I think were more valuable um, to describe in my application and explain because I I was more involved with the different tasks rather than you know more administrative stuff. Yeah, I think that's really interesting actually. Um, especially because, well, I don't know if this is your experience, but in my experience with assessment centres and interviews, it's, it's sort of rare that you get asked legal questions anyway. So it's, it is, does seem to be, with commercial law anyway, sort of more focused on business. And um, with the interview questions, like you say, you can draw from experiences from anywhere. It doesn't need to be from legal work experience and actually it can be more interesting and more diverse um, if you do bring up different experiences from from other areas so yeah I think that's um, I think that's a great message to share with anyone who might be a a non-law student who's listening to the podcast who's maybe a bit worried about that Um, yeah it's uh, definitely I yeah I'm, I'm sure that your experiences will really help them so um, moving on to the, ap- the actual application stage, and I mean, I know you said that you, you had some rejections at the beginning. Um, I wonder 
sort of what your tips are from for actually getting to pass the application stage sure yeah I mean I guess my my main tip um in my opinion anyway um is is to focus on tangible links between yourself and the firm and don't necessarily look at these firms as, as all the same and whilst people say oh they're all very different they, they are um in the sense that there are things between certain firms that will be the reasons why you're applying and, and you have to find those similarities between certain firms as to why what you're looking for in your training contract so um i definitely think in terms of passing the application stage you'll really stand out if, if you can demonstrate not only that you've done your research um, and i don't mean just saying oh like this award you've got this award and that award i mean more just like finding tangible links between the experiences that you've had like and why you're actually applying because if they're a firm that's particularly strong in shipping you've got zero experience in shipping or or anything like that and i don't mean shipping law i mean like you know you may have done a summer abroad and you may have done an internship and something related to that and that's why you're interested um find tangible links they don't necessarily need to be high caliber they can just be tangible links of some kind so for me Pinsent Masons, I was particularly interested in technology. I know that they do tech, quite a lot of tech um, and they're quite a strong TMT practice. Um, and, you know, I've, I am interested in that. I've I founded a tech platform. Um, you know, I, I studied at Oxford, like a tech course, um, like a short one. And then I also wrote my dissertation on it. So I could clearly demonstrate I am interested in that practice area that the firm does. Um, and so that that's one top tip that I would give. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I completely agree. I think it makes your application come across as a lot more genuine as well and not so just like you're sort of maybe going down a list of firms and then trying to apply sort of anywhere where, like you said, you might be applying to like a, a firm that's really strong in shipping and then a, a firm that's really strong in some somewhere else. But if you don't have any sort of genuine links, then it, I think it even becomes a lot more difficult to write and that probably, yeah, it comes across um, as maybe a less genuine application. And what about your tips for passing the app? Um, sorry, passing the assessment centre because they. I mean, I personally found those quite daunting. So you know, I'd really like to hear your sort of advice for passing those. Yeah, I found it very stressful. I mean, I, I would say don't worry about what you, what you don't have and worry about what you do and how you package it because that's all they're going to see. So there's a lot of people that sit next to you that will have different experiences and they'll just say one or two comments and you'll be like, oh my god, like I didn't go to X university or I didn't do this, that, or the other um and you know don't worry about what everyone else has because you're only competing against yourself at the assessment center and you know you've got to that point they want you to do well um so don't necessarily the more you pressure yourself the more you're going to struggle i think so um definitely you know think about what you can bring to the table rather than what everyone else is bringing to the table and you know work work collectively with people and don't necessarily feel like you're in competition with anyone because you're really only in competition with yourself so when you're working in group projects and stuff like be a good listener as much as you're a good talker. So I think that in my opinion, it's really good to be able to listen to people when you're at work. So as in, I feel like they want to see that they could work with you and they want to see how you work with others um, as much as they want to see how good of a leader you are. For sure. Yeah. I've heard that quite a few times actually from um, hiring partners and uh, graduate recruitment. One of the most important things is that you appear to be someone that's, easy to easy to work with and that you'd want to sort of spend you know those late nights where you're working on a deal and that you can get on with everyone anyway so yeah I think that's fantastic advice um so you you were actually on a um, a vacation scheme weren't you before you before you secured your um training contract offer so uh could you maybe uh 
provide some advice on the best way to stand out and how to succeed at the vacation scheme. And in particular, I'm, I'm not sure if your um, vacation scheme was virtual. Um, perhaps if it was, you could maybe talk a bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So my, my vacation scheme was virtual because we were going into COVID. So um, I think that people are at a massive advantage, even if they don't think they are at the moment, in my opinion, because when you're on these things, even though they're virtual, you've got an opportunity to reach out to so many more people that you know not, not necessarily would be able to before. Um, and you get that one-to-one time, like where they sit down with you for an hour and have a chat with you and, and talk to you, you know, because people are at home, they have that availability and they have that time. Whereas before, I don't know if you would have been able to catch a partner and speak to them for a long period of time consistently each week where you have allocated slots to speak to people. Um, so I think, you know, make the most out of that and, and, you know, network with people outside of the office and, and at other offices across the business um, for the firm um, and kind of get to know how the business operates rather than necessarily siloing yourself. Because um, I think that it's a great opportunity to kind of speak to loads of different people in, in the firm um, and learn and learn from them. Um, I think as well, um, another massive advantage is um, that you're, cause, because it's virtual, um, you can kind of reach out to people on LinkedIn um, and kind of speak to people in a way um, that, again, might not necessarily have been possible. Um, so in terms of converting vacation schemes to training contracts, I, I think that if you're on a vacation scheme, like you've got a good chance um, if you put yourself out there and don't necessarily um, be too too holding back. <laughs> Okay, so it's sort of more about um, making the most out of it, speaking to a lot of people and maybe asking questions rather than just sort of sitting behind your screen and just sort of working nonstop and not making those connect- connections. Yeah, yeah, put yourself out there, I'd say. Yeah, that's good to know. So um, your book has just been released recently, I believe, The Legal Insider. So I'd love to hear more about that um, and how it came about. Yeah, sure. So um, it was. It's been covered by, I guess, different people, um, like yourself, um, legal cheat, legal cheat, lawcareers.net. Um, it was in the Financial Times Innovative Lawyers Report and was picked up by a New York Times bestselling author as well. Um, and what what it is, it, yeah, what it, what it is is it's basically unfiltered insights from paralegal to partner level working at international law firms in in house. So got people who secured training contracts as paralegals and all that kind of stuff, kind of sharing their insight. Um, and stuff like that Um, and you know I've got lawyers in different departments explaining what they do in those departments and the responsibilities and the kind of things that happen in a law firm Um, so it's kind of good for building commercial awareness in that sense Um, I've also got stuff on diversity so I've got like lawyers with disabilities like actually talking about um, what they think and like LGBT lawyers and and BAME lawyers kind of talking about the different experiences and how they came to law um, and and giving advice really to other people Um, and so the objective with the book is was kind of to explore my own curiosity with despite the fact that I'd got a training contract so I wanted to know more about the industry that I was I was going into um and so this is this is what I did um and yeah I mean it, it was a, it was a great it was a great experience and I think that if anyone wants to kind of know about what happens in a law firm and different departments that they they might not know about and you know are scared to talk about an interview you can kind of pick it up whether you're you know a paralegal a trainee or, or a future trainee or anyone who's aspiring solicitor because essentially you can kind of hear these insights from people at different companies so I had the head lawyer of one of the senior lawyers at Uber talking about bringing the company on the stock exchange last year I had lawyers at Arsenal talking about bringing Coldplay the band to the Emirates 
um, people at Channel 4, BBC, like loads of different companies, um, people who've done training contracts at Channel 4, um, and, you know, people who've moved from Denton's to UBS, so private practice to in-house and, and the reversal of that with other people uh, moving from different firms. So, um, yeah, it was it was a great project um, and all the money being raised is going to be used to support financially students wanting to study the GDL LPC. That's amazing. It sounds so interesting. Um, I really like how you've sort of covered in-house and private practice and, and spoken to so many people because, you know, law is such a vast um, profession really, isn't it? So uh, I think if you're just sort of at uni or just graduated or haven't got any experience working in, in the sector, then then it can just seem like a bit, bit of a question mark. So uh, yeah, it sounds like a really helpful book. And yeah, I really like the fact that that your the proceeds are, are going to, um, to to help others. I think that's a, a really a really nice idea. So what I'm going to do for the listeners is leave a link to the book in um, in the show notes. So if you want to get a copy, then you can find the details um, there. I think I wanted it to not be very London centric. So um, there's lawyers who are working in the regions as well as lawyers in Scotland. Um, so it's kind of like quite all-encompassing if, if someone wants to know about what it's like to be a lawyer in another city that's outside of London um, what's that like and what's the work like at an international law firm and also in Scotland so um, if anyone wants to check that out there's some stuff in there for that. Brilliant so you've also founded successful platforms the legal lineup and global tech loop so um, could you tell us a bit about those? Yeah so um, so the legal lineup is a group of me and six other future trainees at international law firms such as Baker McKenzie, Norton Rose Fulbright, Pinson Masons, Linklaters, Clifford Chance, Allen and Overy, Freshfields. Um, and we all kind of provide advice together. We co-founded it together and we provide advice for aspiring solicitors um, and commercial awareness articles, application advice. We've run various events with ULaw, BPP, Leeds University, York University, Sheffield, loads of different universities. Um, and we've got one coming up with you law actually um, in a couple of weeks time on legal tech I think um, and yeah and we've, we've done we've done several other things as well so we created like an internship we helped support an internship uh, be delivered with uh, interlaw diversity forum uh, where companies like Netflix and Google and stuff like that kind of came to present on a variety of topics um, to help students basically um, and the global tech loop is a magazine um, which we release every month, um, as well as running events. So we, we ran um, a female empowerment event um, where we had the chief security officer of Microsoft, as well as several CEOs of startups there, um, female leaders kind of sharing their insight on on what they've done. Um, and then we also we ran an entrepreneur event where we had different different people come on the panel to kind of talk about you know how to become an entrepreneur, how to start businesses, and stuff like that. Um, but the magazine itself is is a variety of of interviews and insights shared from different industries in, in tech. So we have we recently released one, and we're going to be releasing another one next month. Um, and it's basically insight from people working at Google, Amazon, IBM, um, Apple, a um, bunch of different companies, basically tech companies and stuff like that. Whether it's startup um, or big scale stuff. So I mean, basically insight from all these different people uh, in the tech space. 
Well, it sounds fantastic and, and so, so inspiring as well. Um, for, for any listeners that want to maybe start their own platform or start building an online presence um, of their own, whether that be related to law or, or something else like like tech or, or, or any, anything else, um, what, what advice do you have for, for them? Because, you know, you're obviously quite experienced now in, in creating these platforms. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear your advice. I guess the main thing I would say is just like, don't worry about doing it to kind of impress anyone. Just kind of do it because you saw something that you were either interested in learning more about or like you saw a gap where you were like, there should be that. So, I mean, with the Global Tech Loop, I'm really interested in technology. That's why I do it. That's why I keep doing it. And so it's very easy to kind of start a blog or start a platform, that kind of stuff. But like you only really keep up, keep it up and keep it going if you're really interested in it because ultimately there's no like financial gain or anything like that. So, I mean look for something that's really interested in you. So I've seen really great networks kind of cropping up um, and like they're really different and they kind of have their, have their focus. And I think that's really important to have a focus and not, and not just think like how I can kind of copy what's already out there, but kind of add differently and add value in a way that's different to what everyone else is doing. And that's, that's really hard. But I mean, I guess if you want to start something like this, um, I think the best thing that you can do is focus on what you would like to know that isn't already out there and, kind of how you can add value that way. Um, and I've seen some really great stuff kind of coming out um, recently. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be even law related. Like you can start a platform, something completely different like I did with the tech stuff. Um, but it doesn't have to be technology. It can be anything. It's not just about, I guess, what will make you the most employable, but it will be the kind of thing that you're most interested in because that's where your interests lie. So but if anyone wants any advice on this, like you can drop me a message. I'm happy to have a chat with anyone about anything we've discussed or just in general, if they've got any questions. That's so helpful. Thank you for, for sharing. Um, yeah, I agree. I think if you're, if you're passionate about something, then you will actually spend those hours that it might take. You know, it's not, it's not hot. It's not easy, is it? You know, we're all busy. So to make time for something, you need to, I think you need to be passionate about it. Otherwise it's just not going to be something that you keep up. So I think that's great advice. Um, so again, you you know you've been really productive since lockdown, which which I I find really inspiring. So how do you stay motivated? And do you have any tips for anyone that's working um, from home at the moment on how they can be a bit more either productive or work more efficiently or more effectively? Gosh, big questions, big questions. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I'd advise someone to stay motivated. I guess I mean. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a motivational speaker or anything like that so I don't know but I mean in terms of me like as in like I play sport but at the moment obviously I'm just running and stuff like that and to be honest like I'm just in indoors all day so for me like <laughs> going doing exercise honestly like saves saves me because it's just like I can get away from it all so then when I come back for it it's like it's okay to push on kind of thing I mean for me like I find sport quite a good way to kind of like get my mind off things and like as you would say like stay motivated or productive or whatever so I mean yeah. sport would be the advice but that's just what works for me <laughs> I think well I've been going for walks um quite a lot well since March really but um 
yeah, it's just a bit annoying when the weather starts raining and I don't want to go out. But yeah, I'm going to try and take your advice and go for a walk a bit later on. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us today, Matt. It's It's been great to have you on the show and you've shared some really helpful advice for both law and non-law um, applicants who are looking to break into the industry. And, and um, I'll definitely leave a link to all of your platforms and, and your book in the show notes so people can check those out. Um, but yeah, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, cheers. And I guess the tail, tail end of that is that like, you know, the book is just one thing and like, you know, don't feel like you necessarily need to buy that because there's loads of free resources that I've produced that I'm happy to, yeah. happy to provide to people as well. So if anyone feels like they don't want to spend the money or whatever, just feel free to drop me a message and I can I can send some free resources as well. Um, anything I can do to help really. Fantastic. Yeah, actually, I remember that you um, you have shared quite a few resources. I, th- I think that I, I've... Um, taken some off you before uh, for advice when, when I was going through the process so yeah it's I just think it's amazing how much you um how much you're sort of managing to kind of give back um yeah it's really inspiring cheers. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> take care cheers To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. We'd like to thank Felix Knight for producing this podcast today.